0: <laughs>
1: welcome to no ordinary love episode three yes we're gonna get into it we're gonna dive right in dive right back in so this episode is it's gonna be about our coming together our relationship um and what that looked like um, I think we should start with corn husks because <laughs> you mentioned in your episode, in episode two, that you were a corn husk. <laughs>
0: yeah. We were talking about it the other day you were like corn husk. And I'm like, what, what have
1: you been talking about? And then you reminded me and I was like, oh yeah, for sure. You said that you said I that know. you were an empty corn husk. I was. So let's start there and just, um, I am also going to say, that I was an empty horn, horn husk, <laughs> I was an empty corn husk <sighs> as well. But the best part is, is that I didn't know it. Right. Like I really yeah. thought I was a fully formed corn on the cob. Yeah. Like I really thought yeah, that I had some things figured out and knew who I was and right. You, you knew know. what the hell was going on. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is, um, we're basically going to tell on ourselves, like all the things that like are not pretty. I remember Which I can, I'm sure, listeners, <laughs> you're going to realize real quick that we're good at that. We're going to tell on ourselves, so you don't have to tell on yourself. Um, but yeah, so I feel like, and this is all in hindsight, right? Yes, I mean of the things that we can say now and kind of put pieces together. That's looking back at the situation and being like, oh wow, that's what was happening. But in the middle of it when you're going through it, like you're not consciously aware of that you know like there's no way at that time I was consciously aware that I was a corn husk yeah, like I just all I saw and all I knew was like i I have answers I know who I am and to be perfectly honest, my experience in church and with religion for me, I felt like formed this really. Like I kind of call myself a walking, talking ego because that's like what I feel like I built while I was there. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's what happens to everyone, but I know for me, because I was like, I guess had this kind of underlying agenda of I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be straight. I'm trying to be all these things. Like what ended up happening was like, I just kind of became this ego. Um, And for me, that just means a, a false self. Right, You know, a false self that I, I'm not, but I'm trying to be. And so I identify with that. And so coming into our relationship, that's who I was, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that obviously created a lot of
0: problems. Right. On top of myself, also dealing with ego, coming out from a crazy fallout and trying to present this perfect front You know, like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what I want and who I am. And uh, I had no idea. Not a clue. I mean, I was. Not one clue. Barely hanging on by a thread. (laughs) I don't know who I was kidding because it certainly was myself. Right. But that was both of us. Yeah. Okay. So
1: corn husks pretending to be full-fledged corn on the cobs. (laughs) I don't know why that's the analogy. I'm just taking it from what you said. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It works for me. Right. And I guess to also make it a little bit maybe easier to understand, like, so ego is like the antithesis of like your authentic self. That's how I see it. It's this, you know, this kind of false self that we allow to build up and for for reason, like for reasons of protecting us and for, you know, keeping us safe. And I get all of that. And it's like, you know, we've all got it right but we have to come to a point in life where we realize, I don't even think that's who I really am. Right. This is how I present to the world and it's how I've allowed myself to be and kind of move through the world. But when we start to get to this place of, but who am I really? Right. And we want to be an authentic self. It's a breakdown of ego and it is. A complete breakdown. Woo! Yeah. And it's not pretty. It's it's tough and it's like. Because you're literally at war with yourself. Right. Like all that areas. That ego is just yeah, digging hard. Yeah. That thing <laughs> doesn't want to go away. Um, but I think when you get to a point of like you're, you're becoming your authentic self and you're really seeing that and realizing it, you start to understand you have less and less use for that ego. Like it really is just getting in the way. Right. Definitely. It's getting in the way of you being your authentic self, being on your path being the love that you're created to be to yourself and to others. So I don't know how we got on that tangent, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's important for people to see. So yeah, like we, we just came in a mess. And I guess another point I would, I would throw out there is, you know, when you start to identify that kind of ego, that kind of false self and you start to come out of alignment with that, like, Everything breaks down. I Mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of where we were. It's like your everything, like your job could break down, Mm -hmm. your relationships, your, you know, your home situation. Like there's a period of like gnarly breakdown. Yeah. And that's rough to go through. And it's rough to just be like, what is happening? But I know from our experience that it's very necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely just let it break down and you know know that you're gonna be all right even if you don't feel like you are because that's how we were
0: yeah you didn't know where you were gonna come out at the end but when you do make it i'm not saying we're at the end because you know growth is ever changing and constant but it's scary and when you finally get to the end of one you're like oh my gosh i did it and i'm changed and then boom there's something
1: else Mm -hmm. and you get through that and you're like
0: holy crap I did it
1: yeah it's like a a process of a lot of healing a lot of letting go a lot of just accepting things as they are and more understanding Uh uh-huh yeah yeah um and I'll I'll speak a little bit more about like why why I can see that I was very egocentric at the beginning of our relationship and for quite a while to be honest like to, to really recognize ego and yeah. myself took a long, long time. And I am still feel like I'm at the beginning of realizing what that is and what that means. But anyhow, I, I guess why I feel like I was in that place is because what I took from Christianity was that, like, we just had all the answers. We have the answers. Nobody else knows the real truth but us. And so it just kind of created this egoic way of thinking and this... um. I would call it an arrogance,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, so I'm coming into the relationship and I'm trying to, you know, I feel like, well, here's what I know and here's what I believe to be right. And, you know, it was very easy for me to look at you and be like, you're a mess and you don't have it all together and you're a problem, you know. Right. Which was true, which was true. But that doesn't mean that you were completely faultless. Right. And that's what I'm saying is we... We were and still are mirrors to each other. So all of the things that I could say, oh, well, you're doing this wrong and you're doing this and you're not doing this. In my own way, I was doing the same things. Yeah. Even if it wasn't exactly what I was doing. Right. But but it it was still... I couldn't see it on a conscious level. I was so focused on pointing fingers at you that it was like, you know, it was keeping all of the attention off of me. Mm -hmm. But I had my issues. And I had, you know, things that were holding me back. Like I would say the biggest issue we had coming in to our relationship, us being together was this concept of like one foot in one foot out. Yeah. For both of us, for both of yeah. us. But of course I only saw it on your side. I didn't see how I was one foot in. Yeah, you know? And that's not to say that, you know, we didn't really want to be together, that we didn't really care for each other and weren't, you know, really attracted to each other. Those things, like all of that was in place, like how we felt about each other and the strength of that connection was was always, always (laughs) always there. And it was undeniable. And I think in so many situations, that's what kept us together for such a long time because we knew like, well, we, we can't deny how we feel that we want to be together. Yeah, we know this is real. We know this yeah. is true. This feels real. This feels true. But there were so many issues and so many problems and so much like just challenge. Um, so that one foot in, one foot out, I would say, you know, obviously you were not divorced. I was, yeah, I
0: was not divorced. I was still um I mean I was with my ex for so long and so used to, um, you know, going along with whatever he said, like that was just our dynamic, you know? Um, I don't even know trying to think of like how to use the words, you know, you're in a dynamic with somebody and, you know, I don't want to say they make the rules or, but like that's how it was like I'm not being negative about it. Like it was just, we followed whatever his, I don't know, beliefs or roles were. That's how we did it. So being with somebody for that long and then coming
1: out of it, I was still, my mindset was still there. Right. So, but here's a point to, to point out is like when you're a corn husk, you want somebody to make the rules. You want oh, someone yes. if I, to lay out yeah. the map and Thank tell you, you, you we do because this, that, this, that. I know what that's like because I've been there too. Yeah,
0: it was, it was easier for me and take a load off of me for somebody else to make all the decisions
1: because, mm-hmm.
0: heavens forbid, I have to make one. I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd right. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, it's like want you want to jump off a cliff.
1: <laughs> yep. You give your power away. You give yeah, your so, authority away. You're just like whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we think it's easier that way. And maybe we are afraid we're going to make mistakes if we're in control or in charge of our own lives, but it's, it's not that uncommon to see that yeah, happen. Definitely. So, yeah. So that
0: was um, an issue for us for quite a while.
1: Yeah. I mean, even after you had moved out to yeah. your parents' house, that, that kind of, um, influence from him remained mm-hmm. and it was something that, you know, I could always pick up on and feel and know. And even though I would, I would mention it and I would talk to you about it and I would, and, and, and a lot of times just be completely pissed off, you know, you could, yeah. you would hear me, you would listen, but it was like nothing ever changed You know, the way that you interacted still with him never changed. And so that was a growing problem throughout the whole. Right. Because I would, I would hear you and I'd be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're right. But then literally
0: nothing would change. And that's because I had no idea how Uh I had no idea how, didn't know anything about self love and I didn't know anything about, you know, me being my own person and, I did not know a zero thing about having my own voice and my own opinion. None. Mm -hmm. I just knew what I felt in my heart for you. And I was following that. And that was really it. Because I did not have a single original thought at that time. At that time.
1: Yeah. So here's what's interesting for me and what I recognize after the fact is in my own way, in my own corn husk way. I can't believe this is the analogy, (laughs) but in my own corn husk way, I had been in a similar situation, um, early on in college. Like when I, when I got into Christianity, when I had jumped in with both feet, I would say I was a corn husk at that time because I was so afraid to make decisions for myself because you know, that relationship ended and it, and I was crushed and devastated and didn't know what to do with it. And then that turned into this belief in, well, God had to punish me and take that away because I chose, air quotes, wrong yeah and I did something wrong. So it was like also, you know, following my heart, following my beliefs was also wrong. So I just felt wrong, wrong, wrong. Like I can't trust my heart. I can't trust my own, you know, ability to make choices and decisions about where I'm going in life. Right. So the same, same basic thing. I gave away power. I gave away um authority to this friend who i trusted and put on a pedestal and was like you know what you've been a christian your whole life and and you know what's going on here so let me just follow whatever you say you know um and just took in all of those beliefs and just took in that way of seeing the world that way of seeing christianity you know to where like i just really was not myself yeah anymore like who i was before christianity christianity and church and and that friendship was very different like i was a very um i just kind of did what i felt and i kind of believed everything was going to work out and it actually did until that (laughs) relationship and then it was like oh this is bad we can't do this anymore but i just feel like i was more authentically myself before i joined religion yeah um and that's how i was kind of meant to to go out throughout the world was to follow my feelings and follow my heart and follow my intuition. And, you know, I think the hiccup was in how I interpreted what happened, you know, what I made it mean and how Uh I made myself wrong. But yeah, so I, I was just as much that corn husk. And what's super interesting to me is that, you know, by the time you and I get together, this is like 10 years after my experience of coming into Christianity and that friendship, like I hadn't even been in contact with that friend for many years, mm-hmm. but yet the influence was still there. Yes. So while you had an influence who was still physically present in your life, I had an influence from years ago of like all the beliefs that I agreed with. Like I, right. I started to notice, oh man, like I'm like, I still have the influence of this person in my mind. Not physically there, but the voice is there in your head. Yeah. And for, and for people that could be, it could be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be anyone that you gave a lot of trust and authority and power to concerning your own life. It could be anyone. But that's what I started to see is like, wow, you know, I'm still in agreement with this other person and what they believe. So, being in this relationship with you was like, although I I knew how I felt, and I knew that I I felt like we were supposed to be together, the mind was saying, nope. And it really was my mind that was still in agreement with someone else. Mm -hmm. So, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But just to say that, you know, it's so interesting now that we're talking about it that like we I feel like in our relationship we we kept it very much to ourselves you know what yeah. I mean so there 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 wasn't a lot of like sharing with other people or talking to other people about like what was hard or challenging and I think that's because we both knew it was such a shit show that is like people are going to just be like well you should probably break up
0: yeah <laughs> and that's
1: not what we wanted to do you know um so there's like this this kind of feeling of that there wasn't like outside influence right we weren't bringing anyone in but there was still influence you know kind of like third party type situation yeah but but yet kind of in a more covert way
0: yeah Mm, i mean i think we got the point across like you know we're both in this relationship together we're both have like outside influences still strongly influencing us Mm -hmm. which eventually led to our downfall (laughs) That's Our so demise. stupid. I don't know. I don't know why I use that word, but like I would say led to a breakup.
1: Yeah. And so here's kind of the build up to the breakup. Um, I'll share my side of things. Um, I got to a point where I think we both got to a point where we were like, we just want to be happy. Yeah. And we were recognizing that for whatever reason, we just couldn't be happy. Like right. we were both like, are we just sabotaging everything? Like do we not believe that we deserve to be happy and be together and live our lives? You know? Yeah. It was like that that discovery of like do I even think that I get to be happy because I
0: know yeah, I know for myself for the longest time even up till right before we got married, I was, you know, I did not believe that I deserved to be happy. I did not believe that I deserved to have this love. I did not believe that I deserved to have anything.
1: Yeah. I remember having a conversation. Remember Black Bear? <laughs> Black Bear Diner. Yeah. And we both were like, like afraid it was to... like a ad- week before our wedding. Maybe two weeks. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and we were both afraid to admit that we were like terrified. Yeah. Like, like to get what we want, you know? Yeah. Like we just didn't... Like do we, we this is happening, like we're really getting... Yes. There was like yeah. tremendous fear that like something was just going to go wrong and that we we wouldn't get married yeah like can you imagine the fear just building up and building up and it's a week before the wedding and then we finally both just say that to each other and we're (laughs) like oh my god yeah you know because there there was fear and there were these beliefs of like we don't get to have this and we don't get to be happy and we you know just all of this junk um but yeah so before we broke up Let's, I guess we can give a little bit of timeline. So I would say early 2014 is when we got together. I would say May. Yeah. May, around May of 2014 is when we decided to be a couple. Yeah. Um, and then at some point of that summer, maybe August, September is when you finally moved out and moved with your parents. Yeah. And that for me was like we don't go forward if you're not doing this. Right. Yeah.
0: You were just like, mm. I mean, you like, okay, yeah, you're I right.
1: imagine that's was an ultimatum. Like I, yeah, I want to be with you, but I'm not going to be with you when you're still separated and living with yeah. your air quotes ex. Like that's just too weird for me. Um, Which would be weird for anybody. So, and of course I was always pushing for divorce, but that's like a whole other story of yeah. why that took so long to happen. But, um, Yeah. So you, you moved out around the end of the summer, 2014. And then I would say 2015 was just a a lot of rough. Yeah. A lot of just, it was
0: like, we had very, very happy moments, stressful moments, sad moments, mad moments, like every emotion that you could think was through 2015 in part very early into 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 2016 for my, and for you, but for myself, I feel like was just one of the hardest years of my life.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's break it down a little bit. So for me in 2015, I can't remember exactly when in 2015, but that's when I started going to see a therapist.
0: Yeah. I, I don't remember.
1: Yeah. So, and I started going because truth be told, I was like, we're not going to last we're not going to be able to make it through this. I can't keep doing this, you know, same thing over and over, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, I was like, I was in a sense trying to save the relationship. Like maybe if I go to therapy, I can, I can figure out kind of my side of things and figure out how to keep us together. Um, and then, and then also if, if it happens that we don't stay together, maybe that for me would kind of be like my, my lifeline of where it keeps me afloat after we've broken up. Like that's really where my mind was. Now, when I went to therapy, that's not what I told the therapist (laughs) and that's not what I told you. Yeah. I I think I was, um, when I came in, it was like just this, this feeling of loneliness is what I was telling the therapist about. Like, I'm just having these feelings of loneliness and also um, I think also I talked about like, you know, I have this really close friend that I lost and I just don't know that I've ever really gotten over that or grieved the loss of it. Yeah. So coming in, it was about those things.
0: It's all, you always go into therapy with a specific thing and then they fuck you up
1: and it's, Oh my God. Uh, yeah. No, they call it, <laughs> they call it the presenting problem. So this is what you think is wrong. Yeah. And then after you talk about it and they kind of you know, help you unearth some things. You're like, oh, this is what it's really about.
0: Right. Um, Which will eventually
1: track you and lead you back to where your issues were that you thought you came in for. Yeah. Now, therapy for me was, like, the best thing that I could have done because it was in therapy that I I started to realize, like, okay, I'm having resistance to even being in this relationship because of my religious beliefs. You know, I'm having resistance because... Yeah, like our
0: whole whole first time being together for it just popped into my head right now when you said that i remember a, a one point it could i don't remember if it was during this or sorry it's a whole lot of i don't remember but this popped into my head um like you thought that it was going to be we're just gonna see how this goes and if it doesn't work out like you know then you know i'm gonna find me a man
1: Oh my God. Yes. Let me
0: just explain (laughs) this. That popped into my head and I'm like, holy shit. I remember that.
1: So yes, this is like an example of ego to me and, and specifically spiritual ego. Okay. So I had this like grandiose idea, this story in my head of how like God was leading me to this relationship so that I could be a part of it, you know, for so long of a time. And then I would leave that relationship. And then once I left the relationship, then I would know for sure that I wasn't gay. And then I would have like all the answers of how to be cured. Like, like if I really just had to go deep into the depths of it, figure all these things out, God would bring me out and then I would be this straight, awesome person. And then I could teach other people how to be these straight, awesome people, so that they wouldn't be gay. So imagine, I'm in the relationship with you, Mm -hmm. and this is like rolling around in the back of my mind of how this is just for a time, you know, I'm just kind of exploring here, and at some point, I'm not even gonna be here anymore, and I'll be totally healed and totally, can you imagine? No. Like, I'm saying it out loud and it sounds crazy, <laughs> but hear me out. Like, these, this is like some, it's got to be some form of a coping mechanism For to sure. keep me in this relationship that everything in my mind is telling me is wrong and not okay. And then influences from people I used to know still very much there, mm-hmm. still feeling like you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. And we're like already. Up a year at least into us being together. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about one foot in one foot out, like that's what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm physically here in this relationship, but my mind is still battling just trying to be here because there's still a part that believes that this is wrong and not okay. And I'm not supposed to be here. And the only reason that God would lead me to this relationship is so that I could somehow find healing and a cure for the masses. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I cannot imagine. So if that's not like a well-painted picture of the ego and of like spiritual ego, I don't know what is. But that's where I was at. Okay. So in therapy, I don't think I told the therapist this, like, these are things that I (laughs) no. This is probably after. No, I think I wrote these things down in my journal and then was like, what in the hell? (laughs) So yeah. So in therapy, um, I just feel like what happened for me was that he helped me see that it was okay to accept myself Mm -hmm. as a lesbian. Um, and kind of ask questions around that, like, well, why don't you, why don't you call yourself a lesbian or why don't you? And it was just always about not fully identifying with that part of myself. Yeah. Because I believe that if I just don't identify with it, if I don't call myself that, I won't ever really be. Right. And then when this is done, like, I can't ever be like, well, I was a lesbian, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so then what it also does is it caused me to like fully identify with that ego part, that false self. Mm -hmm. I'm identifying with all of this because I can't identify with that. I can't identify with like the truest, most authentic version of myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Also things of like growing up, um, issues that I thought I had with my parents that I was like blaming them for all kinds of stuff. Like what I learned in therapy was, hey, maybe some things did occur that were challenging for you as a child, but now you're in your thirties. So you got to take responsibility for you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that piece of, yeah, people are going to, you know, hurt you or people are going to do things and you're going to take it a certain way and you're going to make it mean certain things, but it's your responsibility to take care of you, to clean that up, to see it differently And so that's what I was kind of coming face to face with stories that I had told myself. It's like that. It's like almost
0: a victim mentality. And that's not going to say that there are not true victims. Like that is not what I mean at all. Mm -hmm. But sometimes as a people, we have the uh, mentality that like, well, I'm a victim, I'm a victim and you know, nothing will ever change. And you know what I mean? Like no Mm -hmm. victim or not, like you have every right to change and Mm -hmm. you know, it's not something that you have to be stuck in. You can grow from it.
1: Yeah. And I think there's this part of it where it's like, just because I'm taking responsibility for my healing, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that what took place was okay or good or right. It's not, um, that's not giving, that's not taking away fault or right. And it's not justifying like, Oh, it wasn't so bad. No, it was exactly what you experienced. Mm But you get to a point where you start to take responsibility. And that's what I was learning. Um, I would say that was me at the beginning of just saying, okay, okay, certain things occurred, but let me take responsibility for how I heal. Um, And I just didn't want to be a victim, you know? Yeah. Doing that, saying let me take responsibility for my healing was the most empowering thing I ever did for myself, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it also helped me look back on certain situations and see them differently and see how, you know, maybe the stories that I was telling or the meaning that I gave it wasn't completely accurate. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that that goes on where if we really take a look at it, we might see it differently, but anyhow. So that was my experience with therapy. The other piece that was like really stood out for me was I began to see how in our relationship and our dynamic and how you still were, had this like connection to your ex, like it was like playing out certain themes from my childhood. Mm. Then I was just like, how am I just recreating these things and living them and feeling them and just being triggered constantly? That's what was happening. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Yeah. And that that's a whole thing that we could probably do an episode on. But anyways, just to say that, like, yes, I was recreating certain things that took place in my childhood and and trying to change them in the here and now, Mm -hmm. trying to make the outcome different. And it wasn't changing. It was coming up against the same frustrations, the same pain, the same hurt. um, And I didn't know what to do with that. I was just in a lot of pain
0: right and when you couldn't really do anything about it because it was something I needed to do Mm -hmm. and I was not doing a damn thing
1: but again it's that kind of mirror Mm -hmm. aspect right Mm -hmm. like you're mirroring to me things that have happened that I have not healed yet so there's that there's a very real um,
0: like no control like yeah there's I mean you literally could not control it
1: right But what I'm saying is like, here's a very important piece of the puzzle and what I feel like is life or God or spirit or whatever we want to call it, um, giving us an opportunity, Mm -hmm. giving us this reflection and saying, you know, here's how this person is reflecting you back to you and you get the opportunity to heal and you get the opportunity to see things differently and to grow from this. Yeah. So it's super important that part But it was very painful for me. And because I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I I couldn't put it in those words, you know, all those years ago. So anyways, uh, that's just parts of my, you know, experience with therapy. But it really was the best thing that I could have done. And I I came out of it. I forget how long I was in therapy. It was over a period of months. But the therapist got to a point where he was like, I think that you're good. And I think that we're okay to not see each other anymore <laughs> I and mean, i guess he broke uh, up with me but damn. he was like you're doing the work and you're doing a good job yeah so you're okay and just you know and i was like okay
0: which was probably rare for him to somebody to come in and you know actually do the work and actually want to because i feel I, and i'm not speaking for everybody like people would be like "Oh, i'm going to therapy but it's not really working it's well because it's you're not <laughs> you're not really wanting it are you
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what his opinion was of me or what I was doing, but he got, he got to a point where he was like, yeah, you're, you're good. You seem like you're on solid ground. Um, and so we were still together at that point, but by beginning of 2016, things were really not good. Not at all. Um, and for me, like the pain points were, we just couldn't see each other very often no so we're together we're in a relationship we live in the same town and we just don't get a lot of time together yeah maybe
0: every other weekend if that
1: yeah it was very hard for me to feel like i'm just i'm in a relationship on my phone because it was like text it was like what we did the most was text Mm -hmm. um hardly ever talked on the phone um and then didn't see each other very often so it just didn't make sense to me
0: yeah which makes sense
1: (laughs) Uh huh. So there was that. And then there was also still the piece of your ex having a lot of influence over what you did, what you didn't do, mm-hmm. um, kind of what you were allowed to do, which was weird to me. Um, yeah. But I remember also like trying to make plans with you to do things was difficult. Like yeah, I wanted to was. go, I wanted to go see my friend Trevor in Arkansas cause he had moved out there for work and you and I were supposed to go and we were making plans and like just trying to nail down like, uh, if you could go or, you know, it was like, you wouldn't give me a straight answer like, oh yeah, yeah, I really want to go, da, 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 but never gave me a straight answer about like, yeah, let's get the tickets and let's go. Mm-hmm. So I bought the tickets for both of us to fly out there. And then at the last minute, for some stupid reason, you couldn't go. And I don't even think you ever told me what that was about. I don't even. But my hunch is it had to do with that wasn't going to be okay with your ex. Or you had to stay with the children and just, you know, 100% always be with the kids because he, for some reason, just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't watch them for two days while you're on a trip seeing your friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um so yeah, uh, I, that was probably the the beginning of the real end for me. It was like, wow, I'm just going on this trip by myself because you can't come because you can't stand up for yourself because you can't say here's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, you know, I yeah. was just like, wow, um, yeah. And then you know, just the com- slowly breaking down of all of that to where I was just fed up. Yeah, super fed up. Super fed up and then had a little bit of health under my belt because I had yeah. been to therapy. <laughs> so I was finally at a point where I was like, I think I can, I can walk away from this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Right. Um, but like what, what it was happening for me is I just felt like more and more. N- not to say not happy, but you could say not happy. Yeah, I, was, you know, I just like, you wasn't be unhappy and happy. Yeah, I wasn't happy. We were constantly having the same conversation, (laughs) argument over and over. um, And nothing was changing. It was this very helpless, hopeless feeling of it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter how clearly I show her that, like, you're still being manipulated and controlled. It just didn't matter. She could see it in the moment and agree with me. And then the same thing would happen, like, two hours later.
0: Right.
1: So that was just... I. I could not do that anymore, um, and it was like in March of 2016 where I was just like, "I'm, I'm really done, and we will yeah. be done with this."
0: Yeah. Um.
1: And we'd had those conversations multiple times. Yes. Like I had been in that boat. Yeah. And been like, we. It's can't not like keep she's not this. saying
0: you weren't saying anything. You were telling me, and yeah, I really wanted to be like, yeah, I, I, I know, like, I, I want to change this, but the way my mind was set up. <laughs> was absolutely not i hear you i see you i feel it i agree but i did not know yeah like i had to do anything i remember now
1: i remember now that there was a point where i was like i can't do this anymore you were at my house and i was like i can't do this anymore like we have to break up and then you left And then like 15 (laughs) minutes later, you came back knocking on the door and you were like, I don't want to break up. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God. But the truth was, Um, I didn't want to break up either. I didn't, but I didn't know what to do. Yeah, You know? So yeah, we ended up breaking up and, and what really solidified that because we had, you know, we had been at that place so many times, but it was just always like, you would come back and, you know, you would say something or, okay. you know, and then it was like, okay, well, let's just, let's just stay together. <laughs> um, but what happened this round was uh, something set it off. It was a similar situation and we were supposed to talk about what was going on. You were supposed to come over and you just, you couldn't even come over. Like you couldn't even find a way to like get some space, come over to see me so we could hash things out. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, oh, Okay. So I think, you know, when that happened, I was just like this is it. You're not coming over to even have a conversation about where we're at. I'm not doing this through text anymore. We're we're done. Yeah, through text. And te- and technically <laughs> we broke up through text because yeah. you couldn't make it to my house, which was like a 5 minute drive. Yeah. Because you just couldn't get away. <sighs> so that happened. Yeah. And that
0: was, I mean, obviously devastating to me and to you. Like, I'm not like saying it wasn't, uh, I was like, I don't even know. Devastated is not even like a strong enough word, but on the, like deep down, like I knew Like that it was like something that had to be done. I would have never been able to do it. And I, of course, was blaming like, well, you know, it's her fault. And like, I not that I didn't do anything wrong, but just like if she really loved me, she wouldn't have broken up with
1: me, um, which is stupid. Uh, And I hate when people say that. So do I. Yes. Now like that I. Because to live through it and to experience it. Like I was not breaking up with you because I didn't love you. It was like I extremely loved you and just wanted to be with you. But we couldn't make it work. Mm -hmm. We were just too, I think, still corn husks. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were just husking along, doing our best, but it just wasn't and then it working. caught fire
0: because we were two corn husks.
1: Yeah. Dried up and yeah, up in smoke.
0: Yeah. So I was just, so we had no contact. I think I may have reached out twice, your birthday and one other time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was, she immediately shut it down. Like, no. Yeah. Um And I remember the second time, I think it was the second time. If I'm remembering correctly, we all know how my memory is. Um, It may have been on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And I just, you know, she was just like, no, like, like basically don't want to ever see you or talk to you again. And I just remember like, I don't know how I ended up on the floor. No memory, just on the floor, just like crying so hard on the verge of throwing up. And I'm like, we are never getting back together. This is never going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I have to do something because I can't, I can't.
1: Yeah. There was something very final about it because I remember even calling Trevor and telling him like, if if we break up, we are never getting back together. Like I cannot do this. Like <laughs> yeah. I remember telling him that like, that's it. I yeah. cannot go through this again. I'm not right. going to do it. Um, And then we did break up. But the thing is, is so we're not together for like, I think it was like seven, seven or, eight or eight months. Eight months. And the whole time is, you know, you go through the period of missing them. Of course, that's natural. But it was still a wrestling within myself of just feeling like, but I know that I love this person and I can't deny that, but it just can't work. So I don't know of any other like pain that was that real to me. Yeah. Because we didn't break up because we didn't love each other. We, we broke up because we were trying to make it work and it just wasn't working. And I guess you could call it, it wasn't the best timing is might be the right, best yeah. way to say
0: it. And I feel like for myself, like I always, I don't always use this expression, but for this instance, I was just like, you know, I was wearing these rose colored glasses you know, they smoothed everything over. It wasn't really as bad as it seemed, blah, 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 blah. And like, literally that breakup with everything, like shattered them, ripped them off and like stomped them on the ground. And it kind of gave me, um, a new outlook or new vision, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember one of the last things that I text you when we were breaking up is like, you know what? You, you treat him, meaning your ex, Mm -hmm. like he's God, like whatever he says is real and true. And you just have to follow whatever he says, you know, Yeah. because I was so sick of it that I was just like, go ahead and do whatever you're going to do. Follow his guidance for the rest of your life, even though you're not even together and, and good luck with that. Mm -hmm. But I am done, you know? Yeah. And I feel like That text was the first time that you actually saw it and heard it and saw what was going on. Yeah. Like, you're so still tied to this person and their expectations of you and what they think and, you know, all of that. And I'm not even saying that that was wrong. Like, if you've been in a relationship with someone for 16 years, that doesn't just, like, break in an instant because now you're done with the relationship and seeing someone else.
0: Right. Yeah, not at all. And, yeah, that really kind of made me take a different look and like really see mm-hmm. and now like this the time that we were broken up like I didn't seek help I should have I really should have but I didn't you know because I was just in my own head you know like where, where did I go wrong and how, how could I have done this and whew, it was a whole lot of stuff but also like it it altered me it altered my mind right you know um, So it was a rough seven ish,
1: eight, you know, eight months. Yeah. And for me, I remember the, that time of being broken up was the first time that I began to take responsibility for like my side of the street. I spent all this time in our relationship, just blaming you and pointing mm-hmm. fingers at you and saying, well, this is what you're doing wrong. And this is why this isn't okay. But in that time of not being together, I mean, I used, to, I used to just go walking, like at work, every break on my lunch, Every, I would just walk, 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 walk. And I would have these, like, conversations in my head, and I would have these thoughts, and I would just remember walking one day, and I don't know, it was like I would just, these thoughts would just kind of come into my mind, mm-hmm. like, nobody's going to do it for you. And I would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to do it for you. And what that related to was, like, nobody's going to make you their priority. Like you have to do that for yourself. You have to learn how to make yourself a priority. And that was like kind of mind-blowing to me. Right. And it was the first time I started to sense like, oh, that's what we're doing is we are, we are looking at our partners and we're demanding that they do for us what we're not willing to do for ourselves. Right. I wasn't willing to make myself a priority. I wasn't willing to like love myself and treat myself well and be kind to myself yeah that definitely was not going on for either of us no and so in that time of being apart that's what I was learning how to do it for myself all those things that I was expecting you to do that Mm -hmm. I was needing you to do it was like no 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 you have to give that to yourself and I that's what I started doing I mean it, it I was still heartbroken I was still sad but I was I was moving I was like okay how do I, I was, you
0: first taking care of
1: you. I was learning how to take care of myself and not putting that burden on someone else. Yeah. Um, so it was super, I guess, opening and, and, and healing for me in a sense. Um, but I learned a lot about myself in that time, you know, and that was the, during the time where I, I started, um, the process of being a, a certified life coach. hmm so it was a six month program. And when I found it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. And the a piece of that is, you know, I wanted to be a life coach and I wanted to help other people out. But there was also a piece of me that knew like, hey, you need to get your life coached." <laughs> and the reason why that program was so appealing to me is because it, it laid it out like, OK, it's a six month program. And during that time, you're going to be coaching someone. They're going to be coaching you right which is ideal it it was hands-on it was real life and we brought our real life stuff to these sessions and i could see it working and i could see it helping me and i was like wow you know but that was my my introduction into like how powerful my thoughts are my beliefs beginning to see how you know old beliefs were really hindering me and holding me back and just not letting me be my true self yeah um So that was kind of like the only thing I had going on that I looked forward to that I felt good about, you know, Mm -hmm. because other than that, I was just sad all the time and missing you all the time. Um, And I had these back and forth moments of like, I hate her and she's (laughs) the worst. And then it was like, but I don't hate her because I just love her so much, you know, and. There were multiple times that I, I sat down and I I would write you letters of like, you know, I'm, I'm moving on and I have to let you go. Yeah. It was my effort in just being done with holding on, being done with, you know, any feelings like, you know, and of course I didn't ever send those to you. That was like for me.
0: Right. Do you have them?
1: Oh, somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere in the one thousand hundred million notebooks that I have from all my journaling. That yeah. I
0: saved because you were trying
1: to throw them away? Yeah. No, <laughs> no they're probably out there somewhere. <sighs> but yeah, it was tough because even to be apart was a battle. It was wanting to be together, but always having to remind myself, but nothing's changed. But nothing's changed, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. You um, gotta, that's your protection. Yeah. Nothing's changed, so I can't go there. Mm
1: hmm. And then the craziest thing that happened was it was the it was the last time that I wrote a letter to you declaring my doneness. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm moving on. I hope you get your life together and, you know, find whatever it is that you need or that you're looking for. And I really felt like that letter was the one where I I really meant it. Like, I'm moving on. I'm getting certified as a coach. I'm, you know, I'm leaving my old job behind because I'm going to start this new career and business and coaching. Um, and I just kind of felt like everything was in front of me and I needed to just keep going towards that. Um, I was having it, I was having my meeting at work where I was telling my, um, the people on my crew and you know, my manager obviously knew, but just letting them know like, Hey, I'm going to be leaving. And yeah. here's the time frame, and um, getting everyone on point. And I got a text from you. It was that day in that meeting <laughs> and you text me about your mom had passed. And I was just thrown for a loop because I'm like, here I am, moving forward, finally ready to do it and now you're texting me. And I just like to me I'm like, what is going on universe? <laughs> that is not cool.
0: Yeah, you know. And I my, when I text you, crap. <laughs> every time I to talk about my mom I always get emotional but I text her like with like I know I'm probably blocked I know that she's never gonna get this (laughs) but like I felt at no one and in that moment she was the only person that like I felt could bring me the comfort that I needed but again I sent it with like Like I, I had zero expectations. Like I was like, I know I'm not going to hear from her, Um, but I just had to get it out.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I was like, I can't just receive this text message and not respond. You could have. (laughs) That it just didn't seem right to me. So I did reply and, you know, just to see if you were okay. And then. I want to say not long after that, maybe within a few days, I had invited you over for dinner. Mm, yeah, I would to, say
0: it was like a week span. So, yeah,
1: maybe yeah. maybe not quite a full week, but... And that was the first time we had seen each other in, let's say, okay... Let's say eight and eight. Well, maybe it was more like seven, seven, because by this time, it's like September. Oh, yeah, yeah. Towards the end of September. Um, but yeah, I remember you saying like that it, it felt like we had... Like, no time had passed. Yeah. You know? Um,
0: but in the trenches
1: of it, it felt like a lifetime. Right. So, yeah, we were just... Made we dinner. We ate dinner. Talked about things. And, I've, and, of course, the whole time, just really scared.
0: Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. this
1: person that I've tried to put behind me for all these months now, and here you are in front of me. Um. And now that I look back on it, I can go, wow, is that, you know, because I I learned about like law of attraction and things like that (laughs) after, right? This is after we got back together. This is probably like, I think I started kind of digging into that in like 2018, end of 2017. But there's this principle of like, you know, once you let it go, like once you just let a thing go then you kind of allow it to be what it's going to be. And I kind of, when I look back on it, I feel like I really had let you go. Yeah. And then within days you were there. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I felt like God or the universe was just playing this cruel trick on me or testing me to see if I was really done. You know? Yeah. I, I just, there
0: there it goes with those damn tests.
1: Yeah. I just didn't know what to do (laughs) with what the hell was happening. But again, I was like, let me just go see, because I have to kind of see what this is about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So dinner, talking. Um, and I feel like both of us were being cautious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't want to scare you away. Cause like, so when she was saying like, she's like the final letter, she was done. That was in August-ish. September. September. Um, myself was just like I got. I need to get it together. Like, we are never getting back together. So I need to just stop obsessing over it. You know, like I'm not saying that I'm done, but I've accepted that we're not going to be together. And so here we are again, almost marrying each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then I just happened to text her the day my mom passed i did because i didn't know what else to do i felt almost like abandoned mm-hmm. and so like let me just let me just send this message again not expecting a response so yeah she responded and we like text maybe less than a handful if that like over the next few days and then dinner and then kind of just slowly started hanging out again
1: yeah, well, I mean, I went to the funeral, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, from there, slowly hanging out. Like, I don't think we saw each other very often. No. Um,
0: but we did talk a lot. Right. More than we had ever had. Ever.
1: Right. Right. And just starting to see how things were different. Mm-hmm. How your situation was but different. But you, like, didn't really want to believe that. Oh, no. I wasn't, like, taking it hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool that you're saying that. But I guess it'll take some time for me to see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we went, like, our I guess our first official, oh, this is what we decided to do. We were like, well, why don't we kind of stay in this place of... Communication and talking and getting to know each other and actually dating. We were like, we had never dated. Yeah. We just jumped into this relationship, you know. This like intense thing. (laughs) Yeah. So we started doing that. And I remember. I have a list of our first quite handful of dates. Yeah. (laughs) Our first, our first actual date was 11-11 was November 11th, 2016. Yeah. I don't even know how I remember that, but eleven eleven is something. It's, it's it's a synchronicity. Yeah, it's the universe giving you a sign. Because like, when that, you see
0: that, yeah, was it that night? I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Probably. Yeah, I just if it if, it, if that's the night that I'm thinking, like we go out to dinner with some friends. It was your cousin. Yeah, yeah, it was with my cousin, and it was her friend i guess mutual friend's birthday and i invited her to come along um and i want to say it was later that night you know
1: you're just like i don't know i don't
0: know and i'm basically flipped out like
1: (laughs) i was very standoffish for Uh a good reason
0: yeah totally good reason but i'm just like what the hell are we doing then you know like just calling it out which is not something i would normally do
1: Mm -hmm. but i'm just like what <laughs> yeah was that the um was that the fish story yeah I'm pretty sure yeah so you're like what are we doing and I'm like well you know we're there's just hanging like, out there's like plenty of fish in the sea how do you know that I'm the one for you you know and you were adamant and you were convinced and you were like no you're my fish and I was like, okay, um, I don't know what to do with that. I still need to figure some things out for myself. Like, I was not in that place. Yeah. I was not convinced that you're my fish and we're gonna be together and this is what it is. Yeah. Not I at was all. still still trying to wrap my head around what How is How the hell
0: am I back in your life?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until January of twenty seventeen mm-hmm. when I came back from that final. Uh, coaching training from in LA and I like when I was in LA is when I kind of discovered like, Oh, you, she is my fish. (laughs) And I was like certain of it, but it took me time. Yeah. You know, because I was just afraid and like, am I doing the right thing? And like, is this really happening? Yeah. 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 So January of of 2017 is when I would say we were both like on the same page and now we're in this relationship
0: yeah so we started officially you know girlfriends (laughs) That sounds so funny to say Mm -hmm. um
1: and and then things moved very quickly after that i feel like when you know like okay this is my person like you don't i don't know you don't spend time waiting like we knew we wanted to get engaged and we knew we wanted to be married and
0: yeah before we even got engaged we had picked a wedding date
1: just randomly yeah. like, what's
0: a, what's a good date? What's a good date? You know, just talking and I'm like, okay, like, damn, we picked a date and I want to say April I proposed, May you proposed, which I was shocked. I wasn't expecting that like at all.
1: Yeah. I figured we both could do it. I didn't know what the social norms yeah, are when yeah, I was just like two women getting married, but I was like, okay, well you did it. So I guess I can do it too. <laughs> so I was like, well, what? Know?
0: Like I didn't know we were already going to be getting married. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we lived happily ever after.
1: Right. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So then we got, yeah, we ended up getting oh married God. in March of 2018. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everything kind of flew by quickly. Yeah. That I, remember, I remember my parents being concerned when we told them we were getting married. They were like, uh, you're going to do what? <laughs> like, that's kind of quick. And we were just like, yep, that's what we're doing. See you later. Yeah. Like it just one didn't awkward matter. engagement party later. <laughs> yeah. We were at, we were at a point where we were so sure of ourselves that this is what we wanted that like, it didn't matter if other people thought, Oh, that's kind of or Are you sure? Like none yeah. of that mattered. We were just on our own level of like, this is what we're doing and this is what feels right. And yeah, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. getting married was great now and we knew that's what we wanted to do, but it didn't solve all the problems and it didn't make things perfect. Like there's still been quite a bit of work. I feel like we're in a really good place now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um But it took yeah, a lot. It took some it took some time. It took going through some stuff and and what I feel like for me was like a real like spiritual awakening that I don't think I saw coming. Absolutely not. But I think yeah. I, I think deep down really just wanted and felt like I needed and just it's been a process of giving over to that of giving over to letting go of who I thought I was and accepting who I really am and just being that more and more and more
0: yeah unapologetically um like I make no apologies for who I am unless I have to if I'm being an ass or something but (laughs) I just feel we're getting into the place of just being us as individuals us as a couple us as parents Mm -hmm. people um like it can only get better
1: yeah so uh, next episode i imagine we're going to talk about all of those things we're going to talk about okay now we're married now we live together Now I'm basically a bonus parent Mm -hmm. and like, that's a lot to just jump into, um, all the stuff. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So that's going to be it. And we will catch you on the next episode. Tune in next week. Bye. Hey, hey, you, yeah, you, you beautiful listener. This week, we have one specific call to action. If you've enjoyed our podcast, if it's been relatable, if it's impacted you, if you've laughed with us or cried with us, our hope is to get our podcast out to as many listeners as possible. Could you please, would you share our podcast on one or all of your socials? We so appreciate you listening to us. We love you. And remember, sharing is caring.